0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood podcast. I'm Jay Hood with my crazy cousin, cousin Wiley. Uh, just uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com. Uh, hold up, uh, Wiley, what you're eating? You, you, you got something? I mean, you just could. We got snacks. What do you got there? Of course, cookies.
1: Dude, I feel okay. Well, or, or, I am. What? I am a junk food junkie. I am. So this junk food, I shouldn't have any teeth right now, but I do but I'm a junk food junkie. Now,
0: now here's the difference uh, between Wiley and I, right? This is the more handsome part of the family. This is what I used to look like right here. This is this guy. This is what I used to look like right here. And and so now I can't have any of that now, I, because, but he can have junk food and look swole. Nobody got, had more muscle put on him during the pandemic. You think that he would shrink in the pandemic. No, all he did is work out with weights. And so that's what I used <laughs> to look like everybody. I mean, it's like, the, it's like uh you know the before and after right here, and so <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> before we get into the show, let me just tell you, uh, I gave a lot of blood today. This this was blood work day for me, my friend. I um went to the doctor. Yeah, got my annual checkup. So uh because I got blood taken out here and here, I've got a shingle shot. You have, you're not that old enough to get one of those shingle shots yet. Yeah, I got the second of the single shots, and the, and the lady says. Uh, you're going to get this shingle shot. This will be your second one. If you feel a little sick, you know, that's part of it. So you might have like, I don't know, a cold or something. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, you're giving me something that I'm not supposed to take anymore, but I might get sick from it. That's really good. See, that's when you're up in age, man. That's when you're an old timer that you get a shot and they say, oh, by the way, look forward to being sick from the shot. So that's always good. So uh, if I pass out during the show, you're professional enough to know to wrap this up, right? You can be able to close out the show. From all the blood I've I, given so
1: far? I, I believe I could. But the great news is that because of his annual checkup, which everyone should get their annual checkup, yes, he is, they told him he has another 40, 50 years left to go. So that's oh. great news, especially covering the Bears. So he gets to cover the Bears for 50 more years. I believe that's a positive, but I'll let Hood tell you if that's a positive or not. <laughs> Don't know if that's a positive or not. They're killing me by the
0: day. Killing me softly by the day. I'm just telling you, uh, Wiley. It's just, uh, it's something. We want you to like, share, and subscribe our podcast. Where If you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Share it. Do not be one of these people like, I like J-Hood and Cousin Wiley and never share it. I mean, what, I mean, this is a giving Tuesday as we record this. So make sure you give. It is. If you don't give anything today, give the gift of J-Hood and Cousin Wiley two family members and we do this podcast because we could text all this, you know, all, out for an hour, but we said, no, let's right. just do it on the podcast. Let's do it on video and audio for everybody to uh be able to consume our conversation.
1: Yes. Cuz though, how was your Thanksgiving weekend besides uh giving a few pints of blood? Uh it was it was fine. Um you know,
0: Thanksgiving was good. Spent time with the in-laws um and all different types of steak. We had that. Okay. Uh, very little turkey this time. This is very little turkey, but a lot of steak and a lot of sides. But that and a little football. Um, you know, it's funny. When you go over someone else's house, right, you don't have control of the TV remote, as you well know, right? It's not your, yes. not your house. It's not your TV remote. But So it's nothing like, I know that there's some good, you know, some decent college football on. I know there's got to be something on i could be watching and all of a sudden you get you get uh lawman bass reeves uh from paramount (laughs) on right the black the the actual real lone ranger with bass reeves so yes and and it's just like you know i could be watching a game right now you know that could be but i can't get past the remote because you know the old man who's got the remote in the house has got a death grip on it right and so you just can't Get out of his hands so you can get a chance to watch that Mississippi State game or whatever I was trying to watch. Now let's watch Paramount, the oldest of the streams. By the way, the oldest of the old people streams because it's CBS, right? Lawman Bass Reeves, who was the the actual Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger actually, by the way, for so people don't know, the Lone Ranger was black, and so and so and so. They're telling that story now in Paramount. Decent enough show, but that's not what I wanted to watch. It's you know a little slow Wi-Fi, so I couldn't get a chance to stream any games or anything like that. So it was just me and the couch with lawman Bass Reeves. Uh it
1: sounds like a great time with the in-laws. <laughs> it
0: just it happens all the time, right? It's like there's you know, you get there like uh on a Saturday or Sunday, ha, ah, no, there's some NBA on, gotta have some bulls on. No, no, we're gonna see reruns of an old old western or there's gonna be an old movie on that you've seen a hundred times but it's on there and you just can't get the remote out of the old man's hands. You just can't do it. You try you just I'm, can't do it.
1: I'm assuming you like me grew up in a household who that you watched like every Western possible. There was like a western marathon every Saturday some days during the week where someone my age should not know anything about westerns the way i do because coming up as a kid the long Ranger. all oh, that was that was a saturday special yes like it was on every saturday saturday morning you know you got your you got your your rice and your grits and whatever else you eat for breakfast and not cartoons not saturday morning cartoons you're watching the long ranger and whatever other western is on in the morning so uh yeah i'm, I'm sure you grew up in that same uh environment like i did
0: yeah, when you're around old people, they watch old people shows. You got to sit there yes. and watch it with them. That's the yes. whole point of this, right? That's yes. what it's all about. And so, yeah, pretty much. What about you? You and the family uh, held around, and a lot of food yeah. So
1: food. Uh, you know, the girls came in, uh, yeah. which is uh, always fun. Tell them I said that. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> on the record. <laughs> and, uh, just in case they go yes, back to watch this. Yes, and it. yes, always fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we we. Did some top golfing. They did some other things. Um, and then on Thanksgiving, uh, my brother and some other came by the house, and we uh, we broke bread. Uh, I think I, I led the prayer. I think they were tired of me. Uh, leading the prayer, <laughs> you know, oh. maybe, I, maybe I went on too long. It was like, okay, the food's getting cold. Shut up! Oh my god! <laughs> you know, oh my but... <laughs> god.
0: you're a young person. You don't have to give the Old Testament. You don't have to do well, that. Just get a
1: quick prayer and get it out of there. I just I felt like it was it was Thanksgiving, so you know maybe go a little bit longer than normal. And they were like, no, shut up. It's time. It's, it's time <laughs> to eat. The uh, food's cold. Uh, I was like, okay, all right. I'm sorry.
0: Holding hands around the table, I'm sure. And that's the family. Yes. Position.
1: Yeah. Holding hands. Yes. We were holding hands. So, But I, I, I made sure beforehand, I was like, hey, you need to make sure our hands are clean. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> go wash your hands. You know, here's some hand sanitizer just in case you need it. Um, but yeah, it was a, uh, we had a good time. Watched football because football was only one in my house. There was nothing else is going to be one other than football. Right. in My house on Thanksgiving. So that was a good time. Food, a little whiskey, and uh, a little shutout when everybody left because I was tired.
0: It's like, that's it. All right. It can be a long day. That is for sure. Yeah. Uh, we have merchandise. The J-Hood merchandise is available. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, the link tree is available. Of course, it's in the bio of this podcast as well. There it is, a T-shirt. Uh, because of the holidays, it doesn't smell like the Woman of the Evening. It doesn't Uh. have any glitter on it, no baby oil. So it's pretty clean here with the family in. Uh, Why did not bring the lady with the high heels over for dinner? So uh, as Andrew would say, the lady with the high heels. Well, we can't say who that is. Uh, But nonetheless, (laughs) it's always good that it's nice and clean for the holidays. Yes. Why why do you have an under the hood uh, T-shirt? Well, you know. I don't want to wear my stuff so there you go <laughs> put on this under the hood t-shirt
1: yes it's uh, uh what,
0: what about the water bottle
1: you have the under the hood water bottle which is i need to make sure that i'm using especially after the holiday uh i ate a lot mm-hmm. and uh like i said i've said a few times one of my favorite things about this water bottle is when you put water in it yes you can come back to the water 10 hours later if it's cold when you put it in It'll be cold when you drink it ten hours later, and that's always a plus to me because I like cold water. Um, And then we also have, which is my favorite, uh, we have the cash filled. Well, it was cash filled. Yes. Under the hood tumbler, you know. So I would get get yourself one of these. Again, I cannot guarantee that it will be filled with lots of cash, Uh but mine. Mine was, uh, but get yourself one of these and you it just makes because ESPN has been a uh, very, very good to, uh, cousin. <laughs> just
0: put it down. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's always good to have water. That's helped my, my weight loss. I can actually see my toes now. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, you got to have some water. So that is for sure. The Under the Hood merchandise available now, T-shirts, hoodies, uh, again, all the stuff that uh, Wiley just talked about, it's all there. Just check it out. It doesn't cost you anything to click the link. Click the link, find out if it's for you. It's a great gift for someone or for yourself, the Under the Hood merchandise available right now. We got so much to talk about, Cuzzo. Before, before, yes.
1: before we get to the Bears, Kuzo, you had some uh, breaking news to share that last time that you couldn't share because it was breaking after, after the show. What was that breaking news? You're doing something new. What is that? <laughs> Yes.
0: So the breaking news that I cannot share is that um, I am working with SiriusXM doing a professional wrestling show. It's Busted Open. It's the Sunday edition. Now, Busted Open has been around for a while, for five days a week, six days a week, and they've added a seventh show. And it's on Sunday mornings from 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time. And I'm working with Justin LaBar. And I cannot okay. say it at the time that we did the podcast before, but I can say it now. Officially, my first day was uh, Sunday, uh, November 26th, uh, and we had a fun time, so I'm on there every Sunday now. So along with the Good Karma Wrestling that I do uh, every Thursday, if you're a wrestling fan, you might have not have known that, Good Karma Wrestling, along with that, I now work with Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. And so it was great because CM Punk made his return to Chicago. Uh, the Chicago guy, the great Chicago Blackhawks and Cubs fan. Uh, left AEW, was wave for a while. Then he had this big ovation at the Allstate Arena. He was there. Survivor Series was very successful on Sunday, on Saturday, and we talked about it on Sunday. So what a great debut to have all this news and to open up the first show. So if you need wrestling conversation, I got you Thursdays for Good Karma Wrestling, but also busted open on XM. So I'm overjoyed that we were able to. I was able to ink this deal, and uh, so I'm on every Sunday, eight to eleven
1: congratulations guzzo you are the hardest working man in showbiz right now
0: it's it's great to be able to do things that i can be able to do in my career now do things i want to do more so than i have to do okay Um, yeah i can be quoted on that because that's how it works i want to do this podcast with you because you're my cousin i want to do professional wrestling because i've been doing wrestling show radio shows and podcasts for a long time but to do it on Sirius XM is a big deal. Do it for good karma wrestling is a big deal. So, yeah, I'm doing two of those and working with UIC Flames. But these are things that I want to do um, as I go to the uh, the back nine of my career. I uh, want to be able to do things that I w- want to be able to do. The back nine on Jackson Park. Actually, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. Out there. Can't wait to swing the ball, swing, that, swing the club, hit that little ball, little golf. But on the back nine of my career, I want to be able to do things I want to do and then start to, you know, settle down.
1: Nice, nice. Congratulations,
0: Kelzo. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Looking forward to working more with Justin LaBar and the people over at Series XM and including my Good Karma Wrestling show that I do as well on Thursdays uh, at 6 o'clock Central Time on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe our podcast, Bears and Vikings, on Monday night. The reason why we have our show on Tuesday is because it wouldn't make sense for us to do the show on Monday unless it was one of those preview shows. And I'm like, nah, that's, that's bunk. Nobody's going to watch that. So <laughs> no one's going to listen to that pregame show. We ain't doing that. We need to react to this 12 to 10 victory in the fourth one of the season for the bears. And, um, the first win in the division for Matt reflues, just, just, I'll give you my brief thoughts. Kazo, and I want to hear your thoughts. I, um, I've never been more aggravated after a victory than I was with the Bears. Um, yeah, you got, you got to win that game, right? I'm glad that they were able to pull out and win that game. It was my prediction. I thought the Bears would win. I didn't think that Friday, but I thought about it over the weekend. And I said, you know what? I think the Bears can win. I think that this defense was ferocious enough to be able to get after Josh Dobbs and be able to win the game. And they did enough to win. First, we got to give the flowers to the defense because the defense was amazing, from Terrell Smith to Edmonds to – uh, Edwards, Kyler Gordon, uh, Jaquan Brister, Montez Sweat, Jalen Johnson, Zach Pickens. All those guys uh, really paid dividends for the Bears defensively. They kept them in the game. They won the game for the Bears pretty much. Offense, though, is a different story. And this is where we need to talk this out because you hear my show with Cap, uh, with Cap every morning, Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app every morning. And there's just a divide in the city on how people need, how they feel about Justin Fields or Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator, or Matt Eberflus, the head coach. Look, my overall thought on this has not changed. When you struggle offensively, Cuzo, it's on everything. It's on everybody. That means it's on Justin Fields. It is on Luke Getzey. It's on Matt Eberflus. It's on the offensive line. It's everybody. Because when you can't score, you won the game and you couldn't get into the end zone. Okay, there's a problem there. And to be able to have this blame pies like 99% of this is on Luke Getzey and 1% of this on Justin Fields or it's all on Matt Eberflus or it's all on the offensive line or it's all on Darnell Mooney. Like, this is nonsense. I know that this is not going to get me on first take and I'm not trying to get there. I know this is not one of those hot takes. You know, I can't get out, can't get you know next to Skip Bayless and come up with this take, but I'm just going to tell you. When you struggle as an offense, it's a disconnect amongst everybody around the offense, and it's just got to get better. That's my whole thing. People can hear what they want to hear, but my whole point is is that the offense has to get better. That way you can determine for sure that Justin Fields will be the guy moving forward or he's not. That's my whole point of this.
1: No, I agree. I agree that when a team struggles, whether it's offensively or defensively, that on some level everyone shares some of the blame. And I think if we're – I mean, you know I've i have been an outspoken critic of Justin Fields since, like, his rookie year. But I think when you're looking around the team and you say, okay, okay, what skill players on the Bears have improved on offense under the tutelage of Luke Getze? You look at Darnell Mooney. Is Arnold Morty better than he was this rookie year? Probably not. Yeah. Uh you, you look at DJ Moore. DJ Moore is, was the same player he, he's been since, since he arrived. You look at uh Khalil Herbert, still the same running back. Actually, he may have taken a step back from what he used to be. So he, when you look at this, you look at the skilled players, and then you even look at Justin Fields, and you say, What guys have grown? I don't see anyone I can I can point to and say this guy has has grown a lot under the tutelage of Luke There is a, There isn't a player. So that, at that point, you have to take a look at the coach and say, okay, what is it that you're doing that isn't getting across to your players to help them grow? Because obviously it's in your interest for them to become better players and because they offer score points, they win games, it helps your career. Mm-hmm. But then also I look back at Justin Fields. Like you've been an elite athlete and in the in – in the spotlight since high school. What is it that you're doing individually to clean up some of your own flaws, to help your own self-improve? And I haven't seen a lot. Recently, I've seen a little bit more, but it's not enough where I'm like, oh my God, I think he's the guy. So I think, to your point, when you look at at the entire offense, everyone has to have some share of the blame. Even, obviously, even Matt, Eberflus because this is you put these guys in place to help fields and help others improve and they haven't gotten it done. So I do agree that everyone needs to share blame. My fear is, and I'll I'll keep saying this, and hopefully it doesn't come true, my fear is is that Matty Eberflus is doing such a great job with the defense that he may coach himself into another year. That would really piss me off. Um and and I know that's like counterproductive to say hey defense is great, but I want to fire the guy who's helped the defense become great. I want to fire him because I think as a coach, as a head coach, as a CEO of the entire operation, he's incompetent. Like if you were telling me that he would stay on as a as a coordinator, fine. But I know that isn't the case. So because I know that he's not a good head coach, I don't want to see him around for many more years because of that. So, like, that is my fear. That is my fear that he is coaching his ass off defensively to save his job, and he's doing a great job of coaching his defense. Um, Adam Adam Schefter
0: said it's going to be at least eight to ten coaches going to be fired. we already got one in Carolina with Frank Reich. I don't don't see how Iber can't be on that list. That would be crazy out of all the coaches when you just won your first game of the division as a head coach in two years, like – I don't see it, but anything can be possible in the NFL, especially with the Bears.
1: And I look at this Bears team, and I know I have some hometown bias. I think this is the best job on the market. You have a, a good group of young players. You have top draft picks. You have lots of cap space. You could turn this thing around. by Next year, we could talk about the Bears being – playoff contenders or even competing for the division title because I think you'll you need a few pieces to make a huge you need an edge rusher definitely need another edge rusher opposite side of sweat uh it looks like Dexter may be our three technique like he's he's come on strong of late so you may not need that you we'll definitely see. need a center yeah definitely need a center and you you need another wide receiver let, let me think of a name for wide receiver uh Man, Margaret Harrison Jr. Yes. I think that's a good name for a wide receiver. Uh, Very good. You need name, one, yeah. you need one of those and a quarterback because I don't think you're gonna run it back with Fields. Like I, I think that I don't know if Ryan Poles can bet his career on Justin Fields. I wouldn't bet my career on Justin Fields, uh, no matter what he did in these last five or so games. But So you're going to need a new quarterback, and who's that? Because if you drive Marvin Harrison Jr., who's your quarterback?
0: Well, let me go to um, a question that was put on my Snapchat. You can follow me on Snapchat if you care to. Snap J. Hood is where you can find me on Snapchat. This is from Herm. Herm puts a, a, a screed out there amongst some of the things that he said. Perms says the the media wants to see if Fields can drive down the field and win a game, and he did. I understand those fumbles can happen. You think you wanted to fumble? Uh, golf, I guess he's about well, golf, not Jason. He's talking about uh, golf, the quarterback for uh, the Lions. He says Golf was mediocre when he played us. He drove his team down the field and won the game. He wasn't getting crap like Chicago media is giving to Fields. Why? Because Fields is black. If he was white, he would be poised under pressure, et cetera. And that is from, from Herm. There's a lot to unpack here with Herm's uh, message to me. First of all, he says that the media wants to see if Fields can drive down the field. I didn't I never asked for that. I'm part of the media. Right. I never yeah. you you're part of the media by default because you're with me and we're doing this podcast. You've never said, hey, could I need for Feels to drive the ball down the field and win a game. That's never been on my bingo card. That's number one. Uh, I understand that those fumbles can't happen. You think you want to fumble? Well, that's some high school bullshit right there. That that thing right there that is irksome to me because it makes us feel small, small market. Right? Well, you think he wanted to fumble the ball on purpose? Well, like, well, no, well, no, nobody wants to fumble the ball. <laughs> but the point is, is that Justin Fields has fumbled the football seven times out of the last eight games. Let me see if I, I have that note from this
1: morning. Um, and it's actually worse than that. Yeah. Seven fumbles in the last eight games is actually worse than that. 35 times in his 34 games. He's played 35 not, fumbles I mean, in 34 games.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why that the national media gets on Josh Allen It's his fumbles of the difference between him being good to great, right? Because he, he turns the ball over a lot. You know, also turns the ball over a lot, Lamar Jackson. But he has the ball in his hands, the lion's share at the time, and it, is, it will come out sometimes. But he, but the, he has a good enough team to recover. And what the yes. point is is that for people like Herm that don't get it, what he doesn't understand is is that the Bears have to play almost perfect football to be able to win games. It's hard for them to overcome turnovers or mistakes to be able to win f- football games, uh, and they did enough yesterday. But that's the you know that's my point. Goff was mediocre and he's talking about that he wasn't getting crap like this uh when he couldn't, you know, when he had problems with the the Bears. Like, so Herm's listening to sports radio in Detroit? He's, right. Is he sure about that? He, he's he's listening to the ticket in Detroit and knows that nobody gave Goff uh, you know grief because he looked mediocre against the, the Bears. I mean, and, and so then then we get to and why because Fields is black. Let me just tell you something. I can't speak for everybody else, and I will not speak for everyone else. I can speak for me. I, I am not going to be against any athlete because of their race. I'm a black man, so I'm not going to be against Fields because he's black. And I don't think that the conjecture about uh, Justin Fields or the question marks about Justin is not because of his color. It's about wins and losses. It's about results. We're, I mean, there's plenty of black quarterbacks now that we can't use that trope of saying, well... only reason why they're against him is because he's a black man. Like, no, if there's anybody against him, it's because they think that he could be better. And there's always room for improvement. When you have lost as many games as fields and the bears have, it's okay to question it. So I just get tired of our big city, Chicago pockets of our city of Chicago to look at the bears at like, like it's their high school team. I just think that's always been bullshit to me, but hold them accountable because that's what they deserve. Accountability. I know that people in the political sphere and in sports and in life want to be able to turn a blind eye to, you know, to those things, but you really shouldn't hold people accountable. Accountability matters, especially for teams that you root for.
1: So. I think Herm touched on a lot of things that I've I've heard over the past few years about fields. Uh, And. Just touching on, like, like one, I think the media, and we haven't had this conversation, but I think my view of it was that the media, Chicago media, was going out of his way not to criticize Fields initially to the point where it felt disingenuous. You know, it was like, okay, I see the talent, but he's making mistakes. If he's making mistakes, it's okay to say, hey, this kid is really talented. You know, and he he may become this when he gets it, but he's doing these things wrong today. It it felt like it felt like no one wanted to say it. And now, personally, I feel like there's just like this field's cult um, where you can't point out things that happened that are negative, because if you do that, then you just like him for a variety of reasons, and that same cult will look at something, let's say that Caleb Williams did in a USC game, and say, "You see, Caleb Williams threw an interception, you know, to Notre Dame, and because of this, you know, he can't be our quarterback." It's like, "Hold well, on, wait, wait a second. You know, Caleb Williams touchdown to turnover ratio, it's like four one. Fields, touchdown, turnover ratio, it's like one-to-one. So what are we doing? Like, how is it that we're saying that kid is a bum because it is, but Fields is great, and he's worse. He's been worse. And I think that has, for me, that has been frustrating because it's like, okay, hey, we're watching the same game. You may be a fan of his. I may not. But if we're watching the same game and a guy turns the ball over, it's a turnover. He gets, he gets credit for his touchdowns. He also gives credit for his turnovers. And I think the black and white thing historically may have been true. Like, it, it, there may have, and there still may, may be a, a, a touch of it where there, there are guys who, um, or in Gales too, who won't support Fields because he's a black quarterback, he's an athletic black quarterback, and he just happens not to be Patrick Mahomes. You know, and I think we saw a little taste of that when, Beijing came in so that that may be a little bit true but i don't think overall that is true because i think overall the field to me the Phils coat is black white green yellow it it, it touches on the whole entire rainbow of, of people so i don't think that you know fields is, is being treated differently or i should say worse because of, of his of his skin color no i think not, as, as fans we all want we all want a quarterback to play well we all want a quarterback who looks like Patrick Mahomes or looks like a Tom Brady. We all want that. I I don't care what color that guy is. If you tell me I can get a Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady sign me up for that every day of the week. That's I just what we want. I, yeah, I just get
0: tired of the excuses because again, when the offense does not work, there's a problem. Now, let's just talk about this game in particular because uh and I don't need to see. You know, my partner always is touting the All Twenty Two as if as if he's got stock in NFL. dot com. Um, the the whole point is is that you can watch the game once and be able to say, Wait a minute, there was no shots down the field. Like right. I don't need to see the wide film to find out. Like, hey, DJ Moore might have been open. Hey, hey, have been open. You overshot Darnell Mooney. Like, what did Darnell Darnell Mooney deserve? What did you do to deserve this nonsense, right? This is a contract year. That that guy can't get the football, right? He slept with his girlfriend or something. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what happened. But just the idea that, you know, that, um, you know, it was going side to side in all these scrimmage plays, it just didn't make sense to me. And I know that if the philosophy was, hey, the Minnesota Vikings, they blitz a lot. Brian Flores, you know, brother Flores is going to blitz 57% of the time. Okay, fine. So when you get a lot of these guys blitzing, there's gotta be open holes on the second level or the third yes. level, right? Behind the second, behind the linebackers in front of the secondary, there's gotta be holes there. If they're gonna be that aggressive, yeah, you get the, gotta get the ball out, but that ball's gotta go to DJ Moore. Now he had 13 targets, 11 uh, receptions, good for 114 yards. He did not get into the end zone. Nobody did. What I'm saying is, is that you just can't play red tie conservative of well. You know, they blitz a lot, so we're going to have to throw it down here and throw it down here. It's a vertical passing game. You have to throw it down the field. This whole sideline to sideline thing I watch on Saturdays all the time. You know why it works? Because the offensive line is good in in college football, and also the run run of the catch is amazing because these are 17, 18, 19-year-old guys, 20-year-old guys that can get you that first down and more, right? They get to that second level because they're fast. But the idea that, well, we're just going to throw it sideline to sideline to play keep away from this defense of the Vikings was just bullshit to me. It's just nonsense. You had one shot down the field, really, to D.J. Moore to set up the game winning field goal? I mean, but there were more shots available in which you could have been able to to win this game, to have several touchdowns and really blow out Minnesota. Now, they didn't do that, though, because they're afraid of the Brian Flores defense. Well, hell, I I didn't know they were the 2,000 Ravens. I, I I didn't know that they were that good. Ray Lewis is on that defense, and boy, you just can't throw it. That's that just to me. I just think that the game plan was flawed, and it just handcuffed Fields. But my bigger point, Cuzo, is this: When is Justin Fields going to say, "Fuck it, I'm going to be able to audible out of what I'm hearing"? No more sideline to sideline passes going this way. I need to go this way. So so I mean, I hear he has autonomy to the audible. It just seems like that Fields did exactly what the coaching staff wanted him to do.
1: I think that for, I think for a variety of reasons, Fields does that because to be honest, it's a, it's a nice question. Lean on and say, Hey, I, I followed the players as call. You know, I did what the coaches asked me to do. I'm coachable. being coachable was fine, but as we've seen with the great quarterbacks, whether it be, a Patrick Mahomes, a Tom Brady, and even recently, like a one arm Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He was like, hey, Matt Canada, you call what? Well, fuck what Matt Canada just said. We're going to do this. It's going to work better than the shit he just called um, on three. Break. And you run your own play. Yeah, I'm fine with that, especially if you're having success with it. Especially if if you're willing to take accountability for saying, fuck the coach. I'm fine with that. You're on the field. You know what you're seeing. You know, you got a better feel for the game in a lot of ways than your coach may have because he's watching from a distance and you're you're in the action. So if you see something better than he does, you say, Hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this instead, and, and live with that decision. To your point, the sideline to sideline stuff. Initially, I was like, okay, you know, they're trying to beat the beat the blitz, fine. But then I'm like, okay, this is the 12th play they've thrown a ball to the edges, do they run a, can they run a slant? Can they beat beat the blitz with a slant? Yeah. Can they do something different to beat the blitz other than just running the same screen passes that, at this point, Minnesota is waiting for? They're, they're sitting there waiting in front of the receivers to say, hey, all right, we know what's coming next. And I think that part, to me, is on Getzky. I think his distrust of fields is evident when you see some of the play call. Uh, and the part to me that's that's unfortunate is that I think on some level I saw differently when Beijing was playing. I saw a little more trust in a guy who had just been in camp for a few months than in a guy who you've been working with for a couple years. Mm -hmm. That part to me is concerning because you're going to have trust in anyone. It's the guy, it's the kid you've been working with for multiple years. It's the, the franchise guy. And it's like, oh well, I'm going to handcuff you to a certain extent, and we're just going to ask you to do this. It's like, I I don't feel so definitely isn't is a, a dumb kid. So it's like, what is the issue? Why is it? Why do you not have? Why do you not trust this guy to do more? And if you don't trust him to do more, say that, and then not only say that, bench him. Let let Nathan Peterman play or someone else play that you trust because. You're hurting the team by not unleashing this kid. And if you unleash him and he sucks, that's fine, too. At least we know. At least we know, okay, the handcuffs removed, Bills threw the ball 50 times, it looked bad, all right, fine. But there's still, the way the Bears have been coaching him, they always leave that little bit of doubt. Because he's so talented, you look at him, you say, man, he may just figure it out. And 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 the fear is he may figure it out with the ladder or another team. Because, I think that's,
0: and, and I think that's likely too. I think that's likely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at the game yesterday. It's one of the few times you could say, ah, you know, the offensive line. It, the offensive line actually held up pretty good and, and gave fields time. The thing that the number that keeps resonating with me is 2.75 seconds or less. Tua gets the ball out amazingly for Miami. Yes. Right. For a left-hander. Yes. The only left-handed starter, by the way, in the NFL. Strange. The only get used to be at least two or three. He's the only one that throws from the left side, the Southpaw. But he gets the ball and gets it out. I mean, is there a turnover sometimes? Is there incompletion? Sure. But he knows that he's a little guy and needs to get the ball yep. out, or he's got to run with it. And for Justin Fields, you know, I, I've thought that in the back of my mind, too, because the whole thing of maybe, you know, a divorce is imminent, where if Luke Getzee's still around, then then what's the point? It, it, you know, as good of a relationship that they have with Getsi and Fields, that doesn't matter to me if you just can't get on the scoreboard, when you can't score. Like, it works so well against the Lions for three quarters. See, that's the thing. See, that's the thing that's so frustrating is because, you see semblance of a good offense against the Lions. You had them on their the heels. The only point is that you could not close the offense and the defense could not close. But you had three good quarters. Then you get this game, and Justin Fields and people look at the numbers. And they're like, "Oh, you know, 27 for 37, good for 217 yards." No man, he fumbled the football twice. That also is a problem. So, but again. Here's what I won't do. I'll turn a blind eye to people that will make it seem like that Justin Fields is cool and everything's fine. It's all on coaching because it's not all on coaching. It's on Justin as well. Justin at some point, and I know that he feels like, well, I gotta conform to what the the coaches say. Actually, you don't. Like they're not gonna bench you for bengt at, at no.
1: this point.
0: This is not a Jets situation, right? This is not some of these other teams where it's like, well, we're bad. We're going to try somebody else. No, this is your team. This is your opportunity to show what you can do. And so for, you know, that game plan to other teams, they look at this and say, man, you, I mean, there was some good throws there, but he fumbled the football twice. He has no respect for the football. It's not like his hands are small. That's the old Tony Banks thing. Remember Tony Banks used to put it back for the Rams. It's like, oh, this brother. He'd be good, but his hands are too small, right? I mean, like that's not the case. He's got all the athletic attributes, but he has not been able to put it together yet.
1: And and so uh the I thing was, that you, I was less you, bothered by the I was less bothered by the two fumbles in the fourth quarter than I you was. Can't, but, you, you when, can't, but you can't put on the turf twice though. Like back to back no, You saw you, that. You 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 can't, but like what bothered me the most was that the Bears defense had four turnovers. We scored three points off four turnovers. Like, like that can't be. You you can't do that. Like to me, that's a bigger issue. That's a bigger issue than the fumbles because if you score touchdowns on at least one or two of those, then the the fumbles don't even matter because you're up by so much. The fumbles don't even matter. But when you get four turnovers and all you can manage to score off those four turnovers is three points, like as a fan. That part is frustrating. And that part isn't, again, it, it, that isn't just field. That's getsy. That's the entire offense. But seeing that for back-to-back games, you're getting lots of turnovers, but you're not able to capitalize in the way you should off, off of these. I believe the Bears in the last two games had a total of nine turnovers in the last two games. Nine turnovers. Defense, yeah. Like, this, this is like Lovie Smith or, or – Dick Fangio error defense, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so when you, when you do something, you, you want to see points. Mm-hmm. You you want to see points. And if, if they can't get it done, can you find someone else to do it? Like we, we were texting back and forth last night before the last drive. And I, and I was like, Hey, you know, if we don't score here, you got to fire Luke Getzey, right? You, you got to <laughs> fire Luke Getzi doing a bye. Like you can't, like, he can't go into, he can't come off the bye. Uh, with a performance like this and really a performance like this for his entire career. And you have confidence in him. You got to fire him. Like there has to be some, someone has to be the fall guy for what we're seeing offensively. Obviously can't be fields. So who do you, you got to do something, which if you're not firing Fluish, you got to fire the officer coordinator. And I'll be honest, if they, if they still did that, I would not protest.
0: Well, let's, let's go into that part of the conversation as well, because on ESPN one thousand, we get a chance. We're blessed to talk to Lance Briggs because he was part of a great defensive unit under Lovey Smith. Uh know with Hunter Hilliard and Brian Erlacher and Lance Briggs. They held down yes. the linebackers for some years, did they not?
1: Yes. So yeah, Rosie Colvin was there before uh Hunter Hillenmeyer. Rosie yes. Colvin.
0: That's exactly right. Yes. Well, okay, so Lance has this thought the last couple of weeks. Don't know where it's coming from. It's very unique, that is for sure. Lance is pretty much putting out there because, like, yeah, we just need to roll this back and bring Justin Fields back. And, you know, once we go through this draft and free agency because the Bears do have enough money to be able to spend on a three technique and to be able to uh, shore up your offensive line and maybe get Marvin Harrison in the draft. Yeah, they don't need a quarterback. Just be able to get offensive line help and get Marvin Harrison and roll it back with Justin and everything will be fine. And that includes the coaching staff as well. And so I've been hearing this last couple of weeks ago. I challenged him him uh, this morning about this on Tuesday as we record this. And, like, I told him, I said, man, you know, you're giving the offense an A. You think that that was fine, and I think that's crazy. He thinks that Matty Reflues should return as head coach. And I'm just thinking, man, that is failing up. If he has an opportunity to come back here with his football team, that one-loss record the last couple of years has been unacceptable. The positive for Eberflus you mentioned is that their defense is at um, almost a Fangio level, or or a, or a ba- maybe a bad season of Lovey, but yet the defense was swarming and getting the job done. But that's not enough to be able to save the job. But here's what Briggs is saying: You've heard him say this. He yes. believes in continuity. He believes in yeah, you know what? You've gone through the storm. And you might have a better one loss record this year than last, but it'll be even better next year if you just keep everybody the same. So you've
1: heard this. What do you think? So one, I think I asked you this like a few weeks ago was, you know, have you guys thought about drug testing um, Lance Briggs prior to him coming on the show? Because he says a lot of, see me a lot of crazy things. So the one thing I will agree with is that I think I do believe continuity is, is important because I believe as media and as fans we're so quick to say fire everybody. Fire Ryan Poe, fire fire Warren, fire even fire everybody, clearing house. And we clean house so often that we can never build anything because we're always starting from scratch. So while I agree with that. Continuity to me is Kevin Warren. Continuity to me is um, Ryan Poles. That's continuity to me. And obviously, this young roster you have right now—that's continuity. Continuity to me is in retaining a coach that you everyone should be able to recognize as a head man. He's in over his head. He's—he can't be the leader of your team. He can lead a unit or lead a position. But he can't lead a team. And if you recognize that, and you have the the cap flexibility, you have the draft assets, you have everything that any head coach would want to have success, minus the quarterback, possibly. Why wouldn't you launch the the head coach and start over? And I I and you mentioned this to to Briggs today about you know like he's he's still you know sort of have has like PTSD from what happened to Lovey, you know because he saw what happened with Trust coming in yeah. and 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 Mel Tucker turning a great defense into the worst defense in, in the league overnight. So I, I get why I understand why he's apprehensive about that level of change. But when you identify someone isn't the guy, you have to move on. He makes, it seem like, he, he makes it seem like that if a new coach comes in, that
0: the defense scheme would change. It's like, wait a no, minute. No, it doesn't have to. Why, why would the defense have to change? It's like, bring a new coach in, and they want to change up the – no, if, if, if it's working, you want to enhance what has already happened, right?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> it's like when Mel Tucker took over as defensive coordinator. I asked Mel, like right there at Bourbon A, I'm like, so, so what do you think of the defense? He goes, I know nothing about this cover two, but I'm learning. Cause I'm not, cause I'm not here to change it. This team is a cover two team under Lovey, and he was like, I just have to be able to learn more about it and get this these guys ready. So he told me off to the side, yeah. you know. But you, but this defense is getting better. It, there's no way that some, you know, that some general manager like Ryan Poles or a, a new coach or a new DC comes in and like, ah, you know what, that didn't work. I mean, you guys, said, I'm in charge now. We're gonna change this whole thing. They're not doing that.
1: I don't no. expect that to happen. No, they won't. And I think any – the major changes is going to come on offense. And it should because the offense hasn't hasn't been good. The offense hasn't been good since 2018. So I think because of that, you have to make wholesale changes in offense. But defense, you're just tweaking at the edges. You're, you're adding pieces. You may change the calls, but the scheme is going to pretty much be the same. And I think that's fine. You, you're going to still have a 4-3 defense next year, regardless of who's the coach. So that—that's why I don't understand why Briggs is so hell bent on, unless you know he has, unless he's uh, Iberflus's agent, and we didn't know, we don't know that. It's but not his agent. No. Outside of that, I don't understand why he's so hell bent on keeping Iberflus because he clearly isn't the guy. Defense, defense has been great, hood. Defense has been great. In the past. really, since he, he's taken over, you can see the improvement in the defense since he's been he's been calling plays and that's fantastic but your job is not just to call defensive plays your job is to be the ceo of the entire uh, team and he hasn't been that like he's he's the last guy to know anything ask him a question um i don't know about that i have to check why do you always have to check yes you know uh what happened with uh claypool oh we told him to stay home well you know what um i thought about it uh i was wrong um yeah, we didn't tell him to stay home. We did this instead. No. Like he is he is like if you like one of those kids that are bad at lying. Like when he lies, you're like, oh, okay. I know what the truth is because you can't lie.
0: Yeah, he's can't.
1: that's a that's
0: also a PR issue. Like it is. You know, it's, it's just like politicians, right? You've seen this. It's like, yes, all right, here are my talking points. Make sure we get these five things on our talking points. Remember what we talked about. Remember our meeting. Make sure you say it like this. Okay, got it. Then when it gets out there, either there's a disconnect between PR and Eberflus, or he's not being prepped well. And again, you know, some of that bedside manner stuff, like if he doesn't speak well with the media or does, is has a hard time confu- okay. Are you winning games? <laughs> like, are right. you winning games? Yes. Like. You can be a boob at the podium, but if you're winning games, it's like, ah, he's our boob, right? He's yeah. just stumbling up there. But, I mean, when you're losing games and then lying and then trying to misdirect people, when Jason Leisure, boy, he does a great job. Right? Jason Leisure, boy, that guy, I mean, I, and he always makes it seem like, and he's it is true, I mean, I'm just doing my job. I'm not trying to embarrass him. i yes. just trying to get clarity, right? right? Yeah. When he's asking a direct question, he just he just dumbfounds Eva Flus. He just stops him in his tracks. Like, I, I don't, what, who is this now? What are you talking about? What What's that? Like, you were, fl- and like, Leisure's asking him a direct question. Here's the question, what's the answer, right? And so, man, if he wasn't, if he wasn't losing, or if he wasn't losing the room, then I'd be like, ah, he's just our, our meatball. But, I mean, all of that. But there's, there's so much more though. I mean, just internally, think about this, because like, when you've lost two coaches because of whatever's happening internally. Yes. Like that's, that's, a, that's also. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's just crazy how, you know, you can, um in the same season, the same, the same state oh, hood, the same season. All you right. Just, put that down. Put that down. You, you don't know you what's lose there. Two coaches in the oh. same. I, I don't understand what's <laughs> going on down there, but you know, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> This is a it's family crazy.
0: show. Put that down. You don't know what happened there. You have no idea who's looking on whose computer. You have no idea what happened there.
1: It's Shit. crazy. Like I, I heard that now, uh, Pornhub has been banned what? across, you know, every uh, Wi-Fi service at House Hall at Soldier Field. You know, I don't know why they banned it, but oh, yeah, you know. Oh. All right. it, it may have something to do with the coaches being fired, but I'm not right. positive. None
0: of, none of that's true. That uh, that'll be fine. That's fine. I don't think yes. that that's what happened. I did not read that. I did not report that.
1: So I don't. I, you,
0: <laughs> you you and your realm of speculation. That's not happening. I
1: mean, my hands. My hands are. I mean, sticky. I mean, they're not sticky or they're oh. clean or whatever. You know. Right. But uh, oh. yeah. I'm. You know. All
0: right. Uh, that's that's fine. That's that's why you know if your hands are ever sticky, you always have some lotion. Y'all yeah, gotta have some yes. renew. Always have it yes. nearby. Just in uh,
1: renew. ah renew. Yes, oh, it's open. Renew that's the
0: app.
1: Re, renew the app.
0: You caught you caught me with the lotion open. Ah, huh, close Yeah, there you go close That that's that, that, that's why those coaches got fired <laughs> from the Bears. You need some holy oil. You you the, you. The me lotion go. was open. You need some holy oil. I'm spraying <laughs> it on you right now. Jeez, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, that, that whole continuity piece with Lance Briggs, I just, um it's a unique opinion. It's unique. It is. But, but from his standpoint, it's like, you know, I've been, and I know what he's saying. He's been through this and he didn't, and that's why I hit him with that trustman, and He didn't like that. He didn't like that today, but it's, I mean, that's what it is. He, he thinks that it all they should all come back. And if that's the case, my hope is that Justin Fields on a another proven year can be able to show what he can do. It would be a shame for him to, you know, and again, what if he comes back next year? That's another story. Like, what if Justin Fields is back? It's like, okay, we're going to bring you back uh, on this option year. And yet, he's still the offensive coordinator. Or it could yeah. be where Ryan Poles, and this is a, we'll call it now before we get to the end of the season, because what if we get a scenario where, you know, Ibra Ploos is on bending knees, like, yeah, don't fire me because my defense is great. And Paul says, well, what do you do about this offense? Well, I can fire Luke Getze. Well, then that'd be a new system that fields would have to learn. Like, I don't, is that good or bad?
1: So if you're going to bring in a new system to me, which you should, to me, clearly you should, you have to bring in a new head coach and a new quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't think you can ask fields to learn his third system in a span of what three years? Like I don't think that's fair to him or really any any of the players. So if you're going to bring in a new a new a new system, which you should be launching, you should you have to bring in a head coach with a new system. And whether it's Harbaugh, whether it's Ben Johnson, or some other person who's coming in, bring in their system, let them run it. Because if you're changing a system. If you're gonna run it back, run it back. You know, leave everybody in place. But if you're looking to tweak something, make the tweak with an entirely new coaching staff. You know, and like it's not like firing evil means his kids are going to be starving. He's still gonna have an NFL job, he's still gonna get the rest of his money the bears all. He's going to be fine. As fans, we're going to hopefully have some level of hope in a new regime and where they where they can take us with a very talented roster because right now I think defensively we have a really talented roster defensively. And I think offense is really improving as well. Just a few tweaks here and there with a few additions next year, you are look at a team that should be competing. And I think bringing in a new head guy, you know, with maybe a little bit of uh, media training. And even if you don't have a media training, give me someone like, a Dan Campbell. Give me give me a pure meatball. Give me a, a guy who, whether it's bullshit or not. Because Greg Blotch used to do this shit too. Where it's yeah. like, oh, you know, where I'm I'm passing out bullets and shit. Like that's fine. It's colorful. It's good to hear. Give yeah. me someone who's colorful. Give me someone who's interesting. Don't give me someone who is boring and sounds clueless. You know, especially when you're losing. So I don't see how the the continuity even makes sense when it comes to Eberflus and or gets, I think you have to let both, you have to let them go start over. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm And I think most bears fans are fine with that. You, you can't run this back. And I think polls does that polls is like a dead man. walking. by the way, our family knows a good hustle. You know what the new of hustle course. is?
0: The yes. new hustle cuz is to be a coach, Get fired and get that buyout. Yes. So there's several examples of this. First was um, was Jimbo Fisher with the uh, Texas A&M team, over seventy million dollar buyout. Yes. Yes. That's what you want, right? You don't yes. need to go back to the coaching for that. And then from there, oh. recently with Frank Reich, and boy, we haven't seen a coach fired this quickly in a long time. We have not even we're not even in December yet, but there was a whole disconnect between. Tepper, the uh, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, and Frank Reich. Frank Reich is a good football coach. Do you know that the Indianapolis Colts are still paying uh, Reich $9 million per year through 2026? Now, understand, it's yes. 2023. The Colts are still paying Reich $9 million per year through 2026. A total of $36 million after he was fired in December of 2022. Now, here is Reich he is was fired by Carolina and he's gonna be able to get a lot of money over the last three years, the next three years.
1: That's a lot of money. That's a new and, and that's let's not forget about the money that Tepper owes Rural for uh for for coaching what he's in in Nebraska now. So like he has fired two coaches in less than a year. Yeah financial coaches last year, and, and they both were making a shitload of money. So he is, it appears, I don't want to say he is without knowing all the other owners, but it appears that he is the worst owner in football. Yes. I want,
0: you, I want you to consider this. What could you do with this? I told you about the money for Reich for, for the Colts. Reich is owed $36 million from Carolina through 2026. What could you do with if you earn twenty five thousand dollars a day for the next three years, twenty five k, twenty five stacks, as Maceo would say, twenty five stacks. I, for, I mean, twenty five thousand dollars a day for the next three years.
1: You, you know, I would be having some uh, some parties where everyone has to turn in their cell phones um, on like a daily basis. Your comedy you know. club?
0: What do you mean? We are turn your phones. What do you mean? by Yeah.
1: That? Yeah, you can say comedy. You know, it'll be entertainment, definitely entertainment. But you know, no phones. Uh, I mean, obviously, I would try to do some good as well. But uh-huh. there would, there was there would be uh, lots of uh, lots of oils and and glitter. Um, yeah, everywhere. It's just
0: I'd be twenty five, as yeah. our cousin Macy, uh, your brother would say, twenty five stacks, twenty five thousand right. dollars a day. Yeah. I mean to sit That's, at the crib, like I wouldn't come back to coaching at all. Like I'm no, done. No, like I'm good financially, and I know that for some, uh, I still miss being able to tell people what to do and be a CEO and to be a boss of a football team. Forget that. If I'm getting paid by the Colts and by the by the Panthers, that is in my direct deposit
1: every single day, twenty five thousand dollars a day for three years. I'm you know. Going I- I'm gonna reach out to Nia Long. That's probably the first thing I do is just reach out to her and see uh you know uh what what she likes to eat. Um maybe uh ask her does she like the Cheesecake Factory or something like that? I wouldn't take her. Whatever she, whatever she wanted to eat, I would take her. Whatever you like, you we can have. You can have.
0: The 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 last one on the buyout train is Tom Allen. There was a time where Indiana Pretty good football team, right? Indiana's, I mean, not great, but they were, you know, not the dregs of the Big Ten as it was before. So, Indiana fired uh, Tom Allen, and rightfully so. I mean, three and nine season. They had gone nine and 26 and uh, three and 24 in the Big Ten since 2020. This man gets a buyout as well. He gets, he's going to receive one $7.75 million payment this year. And another in 2024. Uh, so he agreed to a 15.5 million dollar settlement over two installments. Now, um, as far as Indiana is concerned, not again. This is Indiana. Yes, Indiana. Not I mean, a major like, problem. Yeah, I mean a buyout of that sort in Indiana is like it's one of the biggest buyouts uh, in the history of college football. Not like not at the same level as Jimbo Fisher, but the point is like. At Indiana, they're like, yeah, just get out. Instead of just yeah. paying the guy, that's just that's just bananas to me.
1: Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's a, that's a great thing. If you can get that type of gig where when you fail, you're going to be paid handsomely at the failing, I mean, that's, it's, it's great.
0: Whew. I mean, that's like hitting the lottery right there. And lastly, the rumored name for the Indiana job, John Gruden. John Gruden, wow, Chucky, that's interesting. I mean, a wild card candidate. It's all over the place. The rumors are swirling that they're going to talk to John Gruden. Now, never mm-hmm. mind about all of those gay slurs that he had in those private what, emails.
1: What? Do, well, what does he have to say about Roger Goodell? Yeah, what will he say about them? Good, for, you know what? Truthfully, good. Good for him. Like, I, I felt like he was he was blackballed solely because. Of what he said about the commissioner, if he didn't say those things about the commissioner in those emails, we would have never seen those emails. So good for him, and and I hope whatever lawsuit he has against Goodell NFL, he gets a decent settlement for it because he would still be employed with the Raiders. Yes, if if he didn't say those things about Roger Goodell, you know, if he didn't question, you know, Roger Goodell's manhood, you know, he'll be fine, and that's. That's what made him lose his job because the NFL leaked that information solely because of that. Solely because of that. So good for him if he, he lands back on his feet. Hopefully, you know he, he does well, and hopefully, he, like I said, he does well in his lawsuit against the NFL because what they did to him was was shameful. And if again, if he didn't say those things about Goodell, we don't we never hear about him at all because he isn't the only guy in NFL who has you know um, some you know ignorant thoughts about, about gay people or ignorant thoughts about a lot of things, you know, but he was the one who was singled out for it solely because of his disdain for Roger Goodell.
0: I mean, seven, seven year period where he used anti-gay and misogynistic language. Again, these are emails. There's supposed to be private emails, but the point is, is that, um, you know, what if you are trying to recruit a player and he's and he's gay? How does he handle right. that? If that's yeah. how he really feels. about if you if you say those, if you really feel those repugnant marks remarks about you know gay people,
1: you know, how does that work? How does that work you on the recruiting to, trail? You have to first before you even when you get the job, you have to publicly follow your sword. You have to come out and say, you know what, I said these things. Um, and when I, I recognize they're ignorant, they're hateful, you have to give them one of those speeches and talk about how wrong they, they were. And then you also have to do the work to show that, you know, you do feel remorse for the things that you said. You have to reach out to the LGBTQ community and, you know, and do things that, that are helpful. And I think that's how you restore your image because you can't just say, oh, you know what, my bad. And then just hope for it to go away. You could have maybe 15 years ago. Today, you can't do that. You have to actually stay it, give the speech. You have to actually put forth the effort, do the work to show that you actually do feel some remorse. You actually, you know, have seen the light when it comes to the ignorance that, that you're spewing publicly or an email. So, you know, I think that he's smart enough. I think his PR staff is smart enough to help him work through that. And you know, just show by some events. Um, you don't have to wear, walk around with with the uh, rainbow flag on your on your shoulders or anything ridiculous yeah. like that. But just show that you care about people who are different than you, and I, you'll be fine. All I know is that if I could
0: get myself twenty five thousand dollars a day, do you know how many Harold's Chicken shacks I could open up? Oh. <laughs> I mean the good ones though,
1: not just. Oh uh, yeah. Well,
0: I'm talking about the good ones. I'm talking about all the communities. Ah, oh, it'd be great. How many I, heroes I can I, open? I would,
1: I would be there, just mouth all stripping from everywhere. You know, like.
0: <laughs> By the way, I know what I'd do. I would just, I would give myself a whole bunch of heroes, Chicken Shacks, to, 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 with the good one. I put them there original recipes so they know which one it is. Not just some, not the bunk one downtown. That's all. Yep. That's awful. I'm talking about the real one. Then I would just start replacing like those old stores that we miss. I'm not like I'd open up a magicist um, rug company with the big lips over there. I would have that. I would reopen Saxon, the old Saxon paint company. Oh, Saxon's is back! Ah, Seaway Furniture. Look at that, it's back. Look, you got to do,
1: you got to do the the Gold and Zares. You know they used to change names like every other year. Yeah, like it's Gold blacks this year, it's Zares next. The following year, you got to yes. do that as well.
0: I'm it, gonna do know, that. I'm gonna go the back Woolworth. to Woolworths, the stores, the stores we knew from the '80s and '90s. I'm bringing them back, so yes. it's like, wait, yes. is, is that gold? Is that a gold? Bla- I haven't seen a gold. Yep, go right in, sir. Yes,
1: yeah, the old gold. Bla- it's Woolworth right there. <laughs> yes. Montgomery Ward. Oh my God, <laughs> Montgomery Ward.
0: <laughs> I would be the guy that replace all the. I get the IPs. I get an online yeah. store that can go in a little brick and mortar. Of course, there would be a lot of glass. But, but the point is, though, is that I would bring those, bring that back. All this stuff, these beauty here, these beauty supply stores and all this, these liquor stores. No, no, no. Let's go to places of, of pleasure. The thing yes. that we've gone in, in the store for, it's like, hey, you get some of this stuff online, but mostly you got to go in the store and get it. That's what I want to yes. bring back. The old names. Buy the IPs and, like, we're going to bring Chicago back to where it used to be. Jobs, if they want to work. Yes. Jobs. And all another others. <laughs> that's what I want to say. Get off the porch with that 40. Come on over here. Right. Put that pipe down. Come work for me at Goldblatt's. That's right. what I want. That's what I want. Go on back.
1: Goldblatt. there.
0: Change, witz. I can believe it. Wits. Surprisingly, right. Wits. Yes. That's, I mean, that's the, the old brands. Where's Rocky? It's been very quiet over there. Is Rocky there? Rocky. He's been very quiet, very good today. There we go. There, there's Robbie. There we go. There we go. You've been disciplining him because I haven't heard a, <laughs> a, a peep from him at all. Nothing. Oh, I can imagine when the cameras are off what you've done to that dog. Oh, he's, he's very quiet. It's like, you're like man Bass Reeves over there. You're making sure. <laughs> Folks, we want you to remember to uh, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to it. And don't forget, our merchandise store is always open for you. T-shirts, we've got uh, mugs and everything else. The Under the Hood store is available in my Linktree. Linktree, look for, oh, God, again, he's biting his hand. Forgot, okay. J-Hood Radio, the link is um, (laughs) is in the bio of this podcast as well. For Rocky and Cousin Wiley, this is... Oh, jeez. Would you please with that? Please. Oh, my God. He's biting your hand. For Wiley and Rocky, this is Jay Hood. We'll talk to you next week in another edition of the Under the Hood with John the Hood Podcast. Have so long, everybody. Please. Have you got your shots? Oh, jeez. It's like a circus trick. Jeez. Oh,